What's up, Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. Thanks for hopping on. Oh, thanks for having me. Do you have any nicknames, by the way? Um, yeah, people call me Betty or Boats. Boat? What's Boats for? Um, I have really big feet. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's compare. We should call Gosh. Shannon and Alana Boats as well. They have size 10s. Ten- mm. Yeah, I work 10 to 11s. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my mom wears an 11 and a half. So I think she just does it because she want, is showing off her big feet. <laughs> I'll tell you though, you guys, I'm a size eight and a half and that's like the most average size. And it's the, mo- it's the size that always sells out the most. Mm. So I feel like you guys are at an advantage there. <laughs> always available. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome though. All right, boats. I like that. So let's start with just like your college recruiting process. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah. So I went to a really small school in Michigan, Spring Arbor, and it was kind of the only school I really looked at. Um, I got injured my sophomore year of high school, which is kind of when a lot of the recruiting starts. So um, a lot of coaches just were interested because I wasn't playing. Um, And my sister had actually gone to Spring Arbor before me. So I just was there lots of weekends with her, staying with her around the team a lot. And so I kind of knew that environment and it kind of just met all the criteria I wanted in a college. Um, And so it's really that simple. That was the only college I looked at um, and the only one I pursued. So I ended up going there. That is incredible. Like I, I don't think I've heard anyone do that. And I'm so happy that you enjoyed your experience. Um, What was the criteria that you were looking for yeah I so I wanted a good soccer program and they're the best in the conference so that was met I wanted a place that was close enough to home where I could go home on a weekend but far enough away where I wasn't tied to my parents still so it was like two hours away so I felt like that that was met um and then I just wanted to go to like a faith-based campus and so that that was met as well and I wasn't really looking to go I didn't really care about the size I didn't need a big school and it was really small, like only 1,500 students. So, yeah. Did your sister and you play on the same team? Yeah, we shared one year together. Oh, that's we got, cool. uh, Yeah, we won nationals that year. So that was like the coolest thing. That's Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Um, did you care so much about the level of play? Um, no, and I think I was like naive to that. I guess I didn't know what I was fully capable of. Um, and so to me, the level felt fine. It felt good, Um, and it wasn't until after my freshman year where I was kind of like, do I, like, will I still be pushed at this school? Is this still a place that can, like, help me grow as a soccer player? And I I felt like it was, and I I think it did the job, even though it might, maybe wasn't the most competitive. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, growing up, there was just a huge, and even now, there might still be a huge misconception that NAIA schools are not as good as D1, 2, and 3. And we we have a whole program on this actually on our website. So we learned about it. And honestly, when you look at like a graph of like the power rankings amongst all the divisions, NAIA overlaps with all the divisions. So like you can find really top level teams um, within that division. And honestly, the biggest difference between NAIA and these other divisions is that like the school soccer and social life balance is, is just different. Like you might have more time to have a social life and to focus on your schoolwork. 
you know, yeah. in that division. And that's why I actually just leads me to my question. Like, how did you think the soccer school social life balance was at that school? Like, did you feel good about it or did you feel like overwhelmed with soccer specifically? Yeah, no, you're so right. And I think like soccer did not feel like a job to me. And I've heard a lot of people who have gone to bigger schools say that it just was so time consuming. And for me, it was, I mean, we, we drove the day of every game. Like we didn't have to fly. We didn't have to like spend all these weekends away. So it was really easy to balance school and soccer. And then my school was so small. It was so easy to communicate with professors just to stay on top of things. And yeah, it did allow me to have a social life. So I, I think that was a really big reason why I stayed and why my experience was so good was because that was all really balanced well. Sounds a lot healthier than what we went through, you know? <laughs> I wish all the divisions had a healthier, like, balance between everything. And that's Seriously. such an advantage of a s- small school is to be able to talk to your professor and they know who you are and say, mm-hmm. I have a game and they understand it. And they're not just like, oh, well, like, good luck. Like, try catching yeah. up. Like, they're probably better with working to make sure that you're up to date on your academics as well, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember, like, walking into my chemistry lab and, like, my professor, like, asked me how my game went the, like, night before and, like, they're just so great. So that was really helpful. That's, That's awesome. wonderful. Did you always uh, know you wanted to play pro, like, even while you were at college? No, it wasn't until my sophomore year where I think I thought it could be a possibility. I played in the summer league team in the UWS um, in my hometown because they had gotten a team and that was a bunch of like big 10 players. So I thought it'd be like a good experience just to kind of gauge where I'm at because it's really hard to know, you know, if you can compete at a higher level. Um, and so I did well there and that's kind of when I realized like, oh, like if I want to pursue this, I probably could or at least try. And so that's when I kind of started to think more seriously about going pro. What was it like uh, trying to transition out of an NAI school into the pros? Did they, do you think they supported you as much as, you know, some of those big 10 schools do in terms of getting their athletes into the draft and everything? Was it a little bit of a different journey for you? Yeah, I give so much credit to my college coach. Like he was my biggest fan, biggest supporter, made so many phone calls for me, you know, tried to give me the exposure I needed because that's what I think I was missing. Um, I did play again in a summer league the following year just to, you know, out here in Seattle actually to just help in any way possible. Um, And so in terms of like the communication all that, like it was a little more difficult, but my college coach did everything behind the scenes and was like, hey, the Seattle coach wants you to come out to try out. And I was like, wow, was not expecting that, but that's great and awesome. Um, And then, yeah, obviously the transition in terms of soccer was, it was hard. (laughs) It was so hard. Um, I'll never forget like my first day of training and I was like, oh my word, they expect you to sprint all the time. Like, what is this? I was like, I hope I'm cut out for this. It's just nice to show that though you can adapt at any level and at any age, you know, like, it's not like, oh, just cause you didn't have that experience shoved down your throat as a freshman in college. It's not like you, you adapt, you adapted later when you had to adapt to it. So it's, it's kind of nice to no, and it's refreshing to know that you, the environment can change even as late as when after you've graduated and you can still step up and adapt and grow even at that age, which is which is wonderful. Do you have any advice for anyone who's like on the fence um, between maybe choosing to go to an NAI school or not? Um, well, my mom always told me this, uh, and this is like really good advice that I give to lots of people is, if you got hurt your first day of preseason and couldn't play, would you still want to be there? 
Um, I like that. And that, yeah, and, like, that was something that was, I could say, yes, about Spring Arbor. Like, I would still want to be here because, I think, again, because I was able to still have a social life and I was able to still have all these college experiences that wasn't just solely focused on soccer. And so that's what I would tell people, you know, Soccer is a big part of college, but it's not the only thing. You still want to love where you go. You don't want to hate your life when you're there. And so I think it's hard to think about that sometimes when you're just soccer, soccer, soccer. I want to go pro. I got to do this. But there's there's so much more to it. And you're young and you want to have a good four years of college, you know? It's true. Like when I look back at our college experience, just like how much we missed out on and like I regret even the moments that I could go and do something. I was too tired and I was like, nope, just not going to go. And I just like regret looking back. I'm like, damn it. I wish I like was a little bit more balanced with that because it would have just been healthier. And we all, you know, we would have just been having such a more happier experience. Um, But you also just going back to this, you were the first NAIA player to sign with the NWSL club. Like that's pretty dang cool. And I'm sure like you opened the door to the possibilities for like other players in the division who maybe never would think that they could, you know, go pro. What's like a piece of advice that you would give a player in that division who wants to play at the next level? Like, what does it take to play at the next level? Yeah, I've had I've actually had lots of girls from the NAI reach out to me. And so it's been cool to just like share my experience. And one thing I always reiterate is like it's really hard to do still. You know, it's not like this is just as easy as going to a bigger school. Like it's still really, really challenging. And so I always want to reiterate that because I, I don't want to give them like a false sense of hope. You know, like this is still gonna be a lot of work. Um, and you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, but it's still possible. Um, and I, I just encourage people, I think exposure is a really big aspect of it. So I just encourage them to, you know, go and play, um, in summer leagues, like just do whatever you can and like, don't be afraid to reach out to people, um, and really put yourself out there. Cause I think that all you need is like one opportunity. You can do the rest. You can put in all the work for soccer, but you just need like one person to like believe in you or give you a chance. I love that. Yeah, you seem to have a lot of success over your summer league um, as well. And I feel like that's so important. A lot of people feel like, all right, it's summer. I'll join, a, you know, an easy team. I'll train on my own. And then once preseason comes, it's like totally like zero to 100. So it's really important to like keep up over the summer on your own and finding a good team. So I think that's a huge, a huge key as well. Um what is it like now? Like, what is there an experience that you've had since joining the NWSL that's like stuck out in your head? Like, wow, this is real. Like, I'm doing this. Well, I remember my rookie year when I, like, I was still like fangirling people, and I was like, Beth, you can't do this. Like, you're here now, okay? You gotta be cool. But I'll never forget the first time I stepped on the field with Alex Morgan. I was like okay, this is it. This is the coolest thing ever. What am I doing? Just because, yeah, like my story is so crazy and I was, I never in a million years thought I'd be here. So like just to be alongside people, I remember walking to the locker room, seeing Megan Rapinoe being like, hi, like just experiences like that. I was like, whoa, obviously now um, it's normal, but um, just as like a, a young little naive girl walking in, I was like, wow, like, okay, Beth, let's do this, you know? So <laughs> Play, playing amongst all of your, like, those people and, like, everyone's idols, are you co- confident on the field or do you feel, like, at any point do you feel, like, a little self-conscious? Because, like, I just feel like 
there needs to be some sort of stronger mentality for professional athletes. Like you're there, you're one of them. You're there for a reason. Like you can play at that level. So are you nervous sometimes? I can be. So honestly, I think my rookie year, I was just so naive to it all. I was just running around, like doing my thing, like like could make all these rookie mistakes, like didn't really have a care in the world. So I think that played to my advantage and like played, showed why I played so well because I was, I didn't have nerves because I was like, no one expects anything of me. I'm just here, you know? And so now it's funny because like as time goes on, sometimes I do feel like a little more nervous and you don't, you don't want to like upset anybody, you know, you don't want to make mistakes, even though that's reality. Um, so there is like a lot of performance pressure, I feel. Um, but I think, I think with each and every game, the more comfortable I get, um, that, that goes away. And it's funny because you're not the first pro that we've talked to that has said the same thing. Like they have that moment when they first are on the team, like, I cannot believe I'm surrounded by these people that, you know, I've, I've idolized as players and looked up to and modeled my game after. So it, as much as you may feel like that was just a you thing, I feel like almost everyone we talk to when they talk about their first few games, they have that they're like kind of in awe of who they have found themselves on the field with. But it's awesome to see that. I, I love that you say that you played almost more freely when you joined because you almost didn't have those nerves. You weren't overthinking it. And that is a huge, that's like the place I feel like we all strive to kind of get towards where we're playing truly free and we're not worried about others' expectations of us and everything like that. So when you have moments where you feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, how do you kind of get back in the zone or like center yourself back to playing freely again? Yeah, it's so true that like I I, I and, men, and every player just plays better when we don't think almost. Mm-hmm. And so um, I kind of like let the first five minutes of the game just be what they are and like do not care if I make a mistake because I'm still settling into the game. And like you just got to give yourself a lot of grace almost. Like one, no one, like, no one on my team cares that I made a mistake. Um, but I think like they think it's the biggest thing. So just like putting things into perspective and then like reminding myself like I belong here, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be fine. Um, I'm not going to have my best game every game, but um, I am capable. I have this gift and this talent. Um, and so it's just like a lot of like positive self-affirmation and just like um, telling myself I belong, I think. I think that's beautiful. And it's so important for everyone to hear, like you really do belong, like you're there and just believing in yourself. And like, it's so awesome. And I also just want to touch on um, Alana was saying the word expectations. Like it's just a nice reminder when we are putting like such extreme expectations on ourselves, it, it's too much pressure. So just believing in our ability and like just playing because you love it. It's just a nice reminder. Like that's when you play your best game. So just love that. Um, so just gearing towards the NWSL, which love your sweatshirt. Um, what are your goals for playing in the, in the season? Oh, that's a good question. I'm so bad at goal setting. Um, but, um, our team's really good this year. We have a lot of like firepower. And so I think a goal I had for this season was just to to still find my way into the starting 11. Um, you know, just like personal goals like that. I wanted to score more goals than I did my rookie year, you know, be more of a playmaker. Um, um, I, I really want our team to hoist a trophy at the end of the year. So whatever capacity that looks like of me contributing, um, I want, I want to do that. So I'm, I'm sometimes vague in my goals, but, um, that was, those are some things that I think I've been focusing on this year. 
sometimes big goals work for certain players too. Like you don't always have to have it all like mapped out. So I like that. All right, guys, should we get into some rapid fire? What's your favorite pump up song or artist? I love Post Malone. I saw Post Malone. That was my last pre-COVID concert is Post Malone. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, when his last album came out, I'd always make sure I was the first one to show up to the locker room so I could just put his album and put it on loop and everybody's like, Beth, really? I'm like, no, this is good. Music, how you get pumped up for games? What? Is music a big part of getting pumped up for games for you or not really? Um, it can be, yeah. I think I feed off the team. So when there's a good song playing, the team's up and yeah. dancing, you know, getting in the vibe that I'm like, okay, yeah, like I feed into that, yeah. Do you have a singular favorite moment as a professional so far? One that sticks out in your mind? Um, obviously my first goal, I'll never forget that moment. Coolest thing ever. But then when we just played at um, Lumen Field, which is where the Sounders play, did a doubleheader with them. That was crazy. Like set the record for NWSL attendance. Like such a cool atmosphere. Like we'll never forget that. You think that the game should always be like that? Because when I saw that, that set the record and then that it was a doubleheader, I, I wish every NWSL team did that. Like I would love to sit back-to-back games like that. Yeah, no. We, we're all like, can we do this all the time? Like, this is amazing. It clearly shows out well. Like, this needs to be a consistent thing for sure. I, lo- I love the concept of that. And that it just, it, I, all the highlights of how many, how packed it was and the energy looked amazing. Oh my goodness. Can you tell us about your first goal? I'm going to YouTube it after, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, a lot of it's a blur, but I remember Bev Giannis just shielding Allie Krieger so the ball fell right to my feet. And it's so funny because I'm not a finesse shooter. I'm like, I just hit it as hard as I can, but that's what I was in college. Um, and a lot of my shots were on frame. Um, and so my first goal is so funny because it was literally like the most finesse shot you could get, like curler around like Ashlyn Harris's arms and I remember receiving a few texts after the game from like my f- like former teammates from college and my former college coach, and they were like, "Where did that come from? Like, where was that the last four years?" And I'm like, "I, I have no idea. I have no idea." Oh, so I'll never forget that. And yeah, that was crazy. I love like the moment of brilliance that happens without you even thinking. You know, yeah. like it's like you. I love when that happens. It's like such a nice surprise, and you were probably like the happiest person alive that day especially just like scoring on Ashton Harris and like just yeah. looks so great um what's your favorite ice cream flavor totally different question it's very different um <laughs> important I love coffee flavored ice cream Ooh, good choice underrated choice I feel like people don't say that very often my favorite has to be in a waffle cone too yeah yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, waffle I cone. Do that with a like the Heath Bar Crunch pieces on top. Wow, fire! Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have any superstitions, like soccer superstitions? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, unpack them right now. <laughs> so right now, so I've I've never worn um, soft grounds before until this year because I ran out of shoes. Um, because my new ones hadn't come in yet. So I had to like throw on these soft grounds for a game. And that's like when I scored my first goal of the season. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I should always wear soft grounds now. 
the one game I didn't, we lost. I didn't Ooh. score. Oh. We were on like it's a five And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, I have to wear my soft grounds every game. And so every time I wear my soft grounds, we either tied or won. So that's superstitions set. <laughs> and then it's kind of weird. I've only scored in our white jersey. I've never scored in our blue jersey. So I kind of asked our equipment manager, hey, can we wear our whites the rest of the year? <laughs> superstitious about that. I didn't think I was superstitious until this year when all these weird things started falling into place. I'm like, this is suspicious. And then, like, you know, I have to, like, put my socks and shoes on a certain way. Like, I just have a special whole thing I do. So, so you have a lot of superstitions. Way more than I'd like to, yes. <laughs> but do you rotate your jersey? Like, it's not home and away. It's just whatever, you, like, you guys had to wear. It's usually home and away, but like also the league sets it. So sometimes it's like, sometimes we're home and we wear our white, which is our away kit. So I, I don't know how it works, but. Well, you might have to have those blue jerseys disappear. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk after the podcast. Seriously <laughs> get donated to us or something. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite cheat meal? I know what I love McDonald's fries. They are superior. Yeah. Like. After every game, I get McDonald's fries and a McFlurry because I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, that's so, good stuff. Not really a meal, but. How, how is, like, are you, um, do you find that your nutrition has changed from college to playing pro? Or are you, like, does it, do you see that it matters to you? Like what you fuel your body with before games and everything more now? Yes and no. Um, I... So I'm like a pescatarian now. That's the diet I use. Um, I've just like kind of been like trying different things here and there. This one's stuck for o over a year now. Um, and it's it's funny. Here's another superstition I had my rookie year. I went like paleo, which is a weird diet that my teammate was like, you should try it because I do it. I was like, okay, cool. And when I was on that diet, I played like the worst two months of soccer of my rookie year. Like, was so, so bad. And then, like, the second I stopped, I played fine. Um, and so I, I just think, yeah, like, my my body needs, like, sugar. It needs, like, sometimes unhealthy food. So, like, I've just been, like, learning how to work with it. But um, in general, like, I feel like I am really cautious about what I put my body. But it helps because I, like, love vegetables. I love healthy things. So it may, not be, it may not be a superstition that paleo didn't work. It might just be paleo's fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. What's your favorite team to watch? Um, I'm a I'm a Tottenham Hotspurs fan. Nice. Um, Have you seen them play? Not in person, no. We went in college. Me and Carly went to their stadium, and it was so cool. Like it was really cool. The energy was amazing in there. The, this is like so different in Europe. Yeah, compared to, like the fandom, it's crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Wow. Well, we got to put that on your bucket list. I know. I really do. I went to a, like, Leicester versus West Ham game because I was with the U23s once. That was, like, before I was even watching it, so I didn't really un fully comprehend, like, what I was experiencing. And I'm like, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What about, um, do you have a favorite teammate to train with? Like, is there someone that just, like, you love, like, going to practice with? Um, because I think all of them is a cop-out answer. Um, I can pick someone. I love, um, I love Sofia Huerta. She's my homie. I she's love awesome. her. She's so fun. That's a good one. Yeah. 
Who's the teammate that makes you laugh the most? Um, wow. It's so weird because I haven't seen them in like three weeks. So I'm like, <laughs> or I haven't seen them in a week. Um, who makes me laugh the most? No class clown on the team that like stands Are out. you the class clown? Maybe that's why. I was gonna say, maybe that's why you can't buy it. I, no. I hope not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe. There, there's like, a, yeah, there, I, everyone makes me laugh. Mm. Our whole team's like klutzy, clumsy, funny. Like yeah. everyone has a different, like every day it's someone new. That's a good one. We miss that so much. Just like being a part of a team and like laughing your ass off, like cr till you cry. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Who is the hardest player you've ever played against? Uh, uh, Crystal Dunn. Mm. Not fun going 1v1 against her. Yeah. Never want to. <laughs> Yeah. She's she's so it's amazing how she's like small, like she's short, she's small. I played with her when we were younger, and people used to like look at her and be like, oh, she's small, like whatever. And then she would just run circles around everyone. Dang. Like, and then she can play like every position. I was like, okay, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so your um your biggest role model could be soccer or just outside of soccer as well. Biggest role model. Um, oh, this is gonna be so sappy. Honestly, my sister is. Um, we used to like hate each other growing up, and now we're like the bestest of friends. Um, so which I feel like is can be common. Um, but you know, just how she's like been like my biggest fan, but she also like just how she carries herself and how she lives her life. She's actually a college coach now, um, and so um, I just love watching her do what she loves and like wanna I just look up to her a lot where does she coach she coaches at an NAI school um in the middle of Iowa it's called Northwestern College um but it's yeah, her first her first gig so she's she's there it's her first season this year so oh that's exciting yeah do you have any side passions that aren't soccer um besides TikTok mm. oh, you're a big TikToker I try to be. What's, I'm actually in the, what's your in the hand process off? of making it. Bethany Balser. Okay, cool. Um, they're, they're, they're just such a fun thing to do in your free time, I feel like. And I'm working on one right now that me and my teammates made. Like, over, we had like a two week road trip and we, we made one. So I'm like in the process of like editing and I feel like I'm like a freaking videographer or something because I have to like make sure everything lines up. I'm like, what is this? I can see our people full time job. It's, it's so underrated how long it takes. Even when I watch when people have like words pop up, like as they're being said, the amount of time it takes to time that is insane. I've once spent four hours editing like a eight second video. Like <laughs> I honestly, the kids nowadays, like you, Bethany, you're young. Like I feel like you guys get it faster. Like yeah. you understand the editing. Like everyone knows how to edit now. It's crazy. Yeah. Look um, at your TikToks right now, and you got some moves. <laughs> I can't wait to look at them. Um, okay, how do you define success? Ooh, how would I define success? Hmm. 
feel like success is when you feel most fulfilled as a human being. Um, whether you reach your goals or not and like have worldly success, I feel like when you can just like sit back in a moment and like be so content with where you're at, with what you're doing, like you should feel like successful and like you have success in life, you know? You're, you have good relationships, you're surrounded by good people, you're hopefully doing something you love. Um, when those things line up, I feel like it's it's safe to say like you you're, you're have a successful life. And um, yeah. I love that. That was really I good. Think that, was, that was like the best answer you've gotten, I think. Yeah, snaps, that was good. Yep. Snaps for Beth. <laughs> um, if you didn't play soccer, what, what career would you want to do? Um, it'd be real or fake. Like it could be something that you would never do, but like something that would just be like your dream. Okay. Even though you're living the dream. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to go to grad school if I didn't like make the team and I was going to be a PA. Cool. Um, but like, if I could go one step, like, if it didn't take all those years, I'd love to be like an actual doctor mm-hmm. and like be like a surgeon you don't mind like that stuff like that doesn't gross you out no it intrigues me we need people like you yeah i like go to get a shot and i pass out (laughs) yeah that's incredible though like that's you must be really smart that's what everyone says and i sometimes like don't feel it but (laughs) (laughs) academics important to you growing up or were you just like naturally very good at them um, no, was not naturally good at them. I would study for hours on end and still not do well. Um, and I remember my senior year, I was like, I don't know why I was focused on school so much my senior year, but, um, my like social life took a hard backseat cause I was like school, school, school. So yeah, I worked really hard at it. All right. Last question. What is your biggest soccer girl prop? I, so it's fun. I thought of something yesterday and I was like, I should tell them about it, but now I forgot what it was. Um, my biggest soccer girl prop. Honestly, and I'll never forget this because it was in, I feel like, one of your first videos that went viral. I, I hate, tr- like, trying to find a pair of jeans that fit. Yeah. It never works. It never works. worse than that. Yep. Like, the, can't get it over the thigh, and then it, if you do, it's massive in the waist, and you're just like, okay. Yep. This it's is a disaster. literally the worst. Someday, hopefully that changes. Until yeah. then, they're sweatpants. <laughs> we sell jean buttons, and they are literally... Do we have any we can send her? Yeah. They are the best. Have you ever heard of them, Bethany? Those, I think I saw them on TikTok. Are those things? Yeah. Yep. The waist? Yeah. Uh, they work. Game they work. Wow. Made for soccer girls. We'll send you some. Thank you. So, thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome. And I feel like so many of our listeners are going to love hearing your story and every journey is like different and like unique. And I feel like yours really is. And I think you're going to give so many players who are thinking about playing professional, they're going to feel like it's possible because of you. So we really appreciate you. And we're so excited to watch your career and we know you're going to crush it and we're going to watch all your TikToks because so far they're looking pretty funny. Keep scoring goals with your big feet. Yeah. The finesse. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks so much, Boats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, listen up. If you didn't know that we have swag, 
Where have you been? Living under a rock? You can get 25% off our t-shirts, long sleeves, sweatpants, keeper gloves, the whole list goes on. If you use code PODCAST25 at checkout on SoccerGirlProbs.com today. That's S-O-C-C-E-R-G-R-L-P-R-O-B-S.com. And use the code PODCAST25. I repeat, PODCAST25 at checkout. 